Good morning. I am your host, Claudia Shambaugh, welcoming you to the November 26, 2013 edition of Ask a Leader. The president is hopping around our state as of this moment, and I do hope that he has good peripheral vision to note the messages that the activists are posting along his commute from fundraiser to fundraiser. Global trade, immigration are itches that need scratching. Today, my high school student guests are taking a breather over Thanksgiving break. They join me here in Studio A. Hunter Kraft, ASB President of University High, Hannah O'Connor, ASB President of Woodbridge High, and Emma Kensington of Newport Beach. They'll make measure of their projects this year, and they look into the future as they immerse themselves with the admissions paperwork at this very time. And I must say, the admissions is not their mother's father's admissions. I'm going to take a station break for a few, uh, for just a bit, and then we'll be right back. Thank you for staying with us, everybody. Welcome back to Ask a Leader. My guests today are Hunter Kraft, ASB President of University High School, Hannah O'Connor, ASB President of Woodbridge, and Emma Kensington of Newport Beach, homeschooling it. They get the whole hour to talk about their agendas and projects this year, their plans once they've completed high school, and will honestly examine the admissions process. This, the casual kind of tack that we're going to take today might be kind of a, a dress rehearsal for everybody in the studio for the Thanksgiving conversation. Well, what are you up to today? So uh, we'll be uh, we'll be visiting that um, in, in the, with that frame of mind. It'll be much more casual than I mean. Hunter's been in a little bit more formal arrangement, but it is, I believe. It's Emma Kensington and Hannah O'Connor's radio debut. So welcome to Ask a Lead, all of you, and welcome listeners. Do you want to say? Thank just, you. So when we're, when we're going to have everybody just literally kiss the mic when they're going to say something. So everything picks up here today. Well... First, I, uh, Hunter Kraft is returning to Ask a Leader. He was elected ASB president last spring, and his um, at, it was a high school convention. He's been enrolled in Irvine School District his entire life, and he's had a lot of amazing life-forming experiences that I, I know of from being in the community nearby. Hannah O'Connor, currently serving as Woodbridge High School's ASB president. She's lived in Irvine. Now, is that your entire life? Oh, she's going to nod, but you know that there's no audio nods. That's dead air. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, she has been a four-year member of the Associated Student Bodies. That's what ASB means when I say that. She also runs varsity track and cross country and participates in clubs such as the Youth Action Team. Emma Kensington started out in Manhattan. She was born there, and she came over to California just about what ripe old age? Close to that mic. A baby. Uh, oh, she was not maybe walking. She crawled her way to California. She's largely attended private schools through her freshman year of high school. Then uh, afterwards, she attended Coronel Mar High School for sophomore part of her junior year, decided to go into homeschooling for the remainder of her year and a half of high school. She recently joined the Malala Fund to help support children around the world volunteering uh, uh, over uh, excuse me, around the world's uh, The Natural Right to an Education. She is the recipient of the Environmental Nature Center's Volunteer of the Year Award, volunteering over 300 hours at the Environmental Nature Center over the past three years. Hunter, 
Hannah Emma, join me today in Studio A. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you, Claudia. Thank you, Claudia. Thank you. Oh, it's good that everybody could be here because I know you could either be working on those application papers, you could be sleeping in, or you could figure out what kind of rub goes into that bird tomorrow uh, for Thursday. Well, starting with Hunter Craft, I'm going to have you just introduce yourselves a little bit more one by one to tell our listeners about what you've done along the way to get where you are today, what you've really learned. I mean, really, this is it's kind of like a prompt question, but I don't want it to be a prompt question like. Uh, and what projects you took up, what you were exposed to that got you where you are? We'll start with Hunter. Good morning. Um, I'm Hunter Kraft. Um, as Claudia mentioned, I've lived in Irvine and actually on UCI campus for the last um, almost 18 years. So, um, yeah. So as far as ASB goes, um, this is actually my first year on ASB. Um, I decided that I wanted to participate in it around the end of junior year um, as a way to sort of give back to the high school community. Um, but this isn't the this isn't the first thing that I've been involved with um, on high school campus. So um, at uni, um, JCL, which is um, the Junior Classical League, is actually one of the largest clubs. Um, on campus. It's run through the Latin program, so I've been um, definitely involved with that um, as far as planning um, school events such as Winter Formal. And um, and the Junior Latin Club is a, really a big group, so that's a lot of chickens to herd, right? So th- that taught you a lot of logistics and organizational skills? Yeah, so um, at uni there's, you know, there's different opportunities to get involved um, with leadership through ASB, um, through class council, um, but all, JCL really worked well for me because I was definitely interested in um, Latin and languages, and so that was kind of a natural um, transition into um, leadership through the, this really large club. It actually has like around 300, 400 members, so it's definitely um, a sizable force on campus, and so that actually that definitely helped me with um, my transition to student government. Okay, which uh, why don't you take the uh, take it up, Hannah? Where what you've been doing along the way, where you really learned with the projects, exposures, and that kind of a thing to to set you up for what you're you're doing. We'll get everybody's uh, agendas, projects for the ASB later, but now those kind of formative projects and experiences. Um, hello, I'm Hannah O'Connor, and I've been involved with student leadership since fourth grade, but it wasn't until going into high school when I got elected freshman class president that I realized what leadership actually does because up until then and through middle school it's always been just for fun and kind of for show like impress your parents and with your friends kind of put on the dances but once you get to high school you realize that there's so much more especially through ASB Um, it became a period so it was a lot bigger of a time commitment and I learned that you focus a lot more on the students than just these events that you've been planning So I think going into freshman year, um, right after that, I realized that we're there to serve the students. And it was when one day I was staying on campus for lunch. And then you just walk around and you see um, the only people by themselves are just not enjoying Woodbridge the way that a lot of us have. And then that's when I realized that what you want to do is what you want to do it for the right reasons, not for your college application and not for the way that others perceive you as being like a student leader. Okay. And for a different twist, because Emma's been in a different kind of a school system, and she also had, I want her to talk uh, about that as well as what her decision around changing to uh, from the, the public school to homeschooling and 
when you talk about that portion, I'm interested in knowing at this point, at this level of maturity that you have, how are you managing that? Is it an independent project or is there an adult that is leading uh, you through that curriculum? So let's start with the formative life experiences and then work your way to that, the homeschooling that you're managing. Well, hello, I'm, I'm Mike Hensington and, um, well, I've lived in California for a while, but I, you know, I've been through my share of, you know, high school experiences going to a private school and having, a, you know, a very difficult curriculum to deal with and then transitioning to more of like a public school arena with lots of kids going to classes and different kind of um, methods of teaching in classes and, um, I was taking my classes very seriously and decided to even take it a step higher in understanding my classes and really reading the textbook as if it was something that was coming to life. I really enjoy learning, so my history class, it was very important to me to sit down and hear the teacher give her lecture and understand the material. And... um I just, it it got to the point where I felt like I was kind of consumed by the chatter around me in my classes. And um, I just, I had a friend at the time that was transitioning into homeschool as well. And I, I saw how much she was growing in, a, in an individual way, but also academically. She was enjoying her one-on-one study. So I, I took the leap of faith and I joined that a- academic independent study of homeschool and it's not like most people would think it's 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 evolved in the sense that you don't need a parent to be over your shoulder every second and you can do other things with your time um, like extracurricular activities okay so it has it surprised you how much that uh, you were able to get out of your time versus what's going on I mean is it what what were your findings there not not how it's managing but your yield my yield. Well, definitely I was able to take advantage of volunteering more at the Environmental Nature Center, which I support wholeheartedly. I love everyone there. And I was able to focus maybe on other things in the world that I was passionate about. And I'm really passionate about education. And so that's that's kind of like what I was aiming for with my extra time. Okay. Okay, fine. So... While we're talking about that, then I'd like for each one of you, uh, Emma's talked a little bit about her projects this year, um, and what, uh, but we can have her uh, open that up a little bit more. But Hunter and Hunter and Hannah, if you could talk about what those, what goals you set out once you were elected, appointed elected um, in the um, ASB race, and what, where you are along that way. Why don't we let Hannah start that one? All right. So um, my main goal with ASB this year was to increase the school pride and like instead of just the visible spirit where it's like a small number of students with a rah-rah spirit. And I actually got to teach a class on it this year at OCL ASB camp, which is um, a lot of the ASBs in Orange County come together during the summer for a camp. And mine was on building school spirit. And it's like the contrary to belief of just including like how you think that spirit should just be so visible and the small number of that, like we call it like the warrior tribe at our school that are just very loud about it. But I wanted to include more students, not so much that they would feel that they had to go all out. Um, but it was more of just like increasing the pride and making people feel welcome at Woodbridge because everyone on ASB has 
um, had the experiences at high school that everyone always wants and kind of remembers. But we wanted to make it so that more students could feel just like more like a warrior and involved in campus. That's a reminiscent theme from previous uh, office holders uh, who've been on Ask a Leader. So uh, I wish you well. I'm, I, I know it's a big deal because of uh, sort of the well-known sort of fragmentation between different uh ethnicities and maybe it maybe it's class too maybe it's class in terms of uh, economic levels I don't know that are sort of working against that larger sort of we're a tribe at this whole high school kind of a setting so um, I wish you well in breaking through and, and everything you do is a template for the following year so I, I guess you probably know that you've got that resting on your shoulders that responsibility Hunter what uh, what's in store what's in the works this year at uni high school um, so as far as uh, my goals, when I decided that I wanted to do um, ASB and I was going to um, commit to that, um, we I talked with my vice president, Carly, who's also been on this show, and as far as what we wanted to accomplish, and we agreed that we wanted to make ASB more accessible and also um, um, in doing that, more diverse and representative um, across different boundaries at school. At, at uni, um, there's definitely... Um, a sort of division between um, different groups who have different levels of of academic um, sort of um, aspirations, and, uh, aspirations expectations. and expectations. And so um, uni sort of has gotten a lot of criticism from certain groups for only serving kids who are really high achieving. So we definitely wanted to sort of um, focus on in, uh, including everyone more. And um, in doing that, we wanted to um, bring... Uh, people of different groups into um, ASB. How is that working out? Um, well, so as far as ASB goes, we we made a lot of the a lot of the positions were appointed by us after interview. So we um, you can only appoint um, people who interview, of course. So you've got um, a limited sample size to begin with. But we got lucky with um, the everyone who um, interviewed was definitely excellent. So we definitely have a very good group this year, and I think that we're um, We'll, we're on our way to being uh, more inclusive. I know that the pressure or the fa- the factor in all of your bringing students on board with this is that many of them have their eyes on how they're going to pad their resumes, and so you're trying to get some authentic participation, not a sort of a shell um, shell kind of leader in that kind of way. Are you are you able to identify that and work through that kind of an issue? Both of you, Hannah, we'll start with you, Hannah O'Connor. Um, well, we as well did the interview, and it is hard um, being on ASP for four years. I've seen all different types of people, and I've seen those who do it just for the resume, and it's it's really sad because the amount of people who interview and would like are passionate about it and just don't get the opportunity because they weren't chosen. Um, so it's just hard. And this year, I was um, doing the interviews, so you think it's a lot easier than it is. You think that you can just pick them out, but it's hard because you have to work the whole year with them. And so they can start off great, but as soon as you turn in those college applications at the end of this month, they're just gone. So Wow, it drops off that fast. <laughs> yes. And well, even worse, when um, people are accepted, then they have their senioritis and they're just, they're not here anymore. Wow. Well, that there is your management savvy being called up here. And so that go, you're going to be the la- have the last word here on how you stayed at your jobs and um, and that's going to keep equipping you. and I mean, the portfolio doesn't stop getting made after the missions, but they'll figure that out. Why don't we talk with Emma, too? She, she, you're in a position to recruit people to step up, and 
you're, you're leveraging lots of volunteer kinds of uh, time and commitment uh, from your peers. I, but I know from people that you work with that, um, that really value all the volunteering that you've been doing at the Environmental Nature Center. Um, how, how are you able to leverage the commitment from the various ages that come to the Environment, Environmental Nature Center? Well, I mean, there's, Emma Kensington. there's many levels of ages that, you know, are involved in the Environmental Nature Center. And um, there's a lot of different people that come to volunteer. And I've seen people who are adults, people who are, you know, 14 years old who want to get um, hours for high school. Okay. And... I had to kind of oversee some junior naturalists one time, and they're probably like 16 years old, 17 years old. And, um, you know, it's just, I, I, I don't really know how to answer that question, but it's kind of just like, there's there's many age ranges, and it's just about how much time you give and how much you're willing to give of your life to helping a cause that you're passionate about. I really look for volunteers that are passionate about what they're doing. How is and is that pretty um, a pretty manageable task to discern which which ones are really committed? I mean, you're probably yeah. You've got a different kind of a clientele. There, there's probably a lot more natural selection going on those that are coming to the Environmental Nature Center than maybe at the high school. But yeah. they're still some are still trying to pad their resume. But you can. So yes, yeah, so you can you can look look at them and see if they're really there for true reasons or not. But I I definitely have experienced some of the best volunteers that I worked with. Um, I think last year, and it was the best summer session, and I was so impressed with everyone on that team, and they got recognition for it because it was true, and um, I appreciated that that work. You know. Okay. For those of you who've just joined us, you're listening to Ask a Leader on 88.9 FM in Irvine, streaming all over in the uh, the uh, dormitories and the high school student bedrooms uh, where they're slumbering, except for the ones that are here, all over the world on KUCI.org. My guests are ASB presidents Hannah O'Connor, she's from Woodbridge High School, Hunter Kraft from University High School, and Emma Kensington, homeschooling it in Newport Beach and active at the Environmental Nature Center. So I, while we're talking about civic responsibility and general, general contributions, I want to uh, have a show of lips as opposed to hands. As, uh, I don't know who's, how many of you are 18 right now. Are, is every, anybody 18? Okay, Emma is, and Jordan? I'm turning uh, 18 it, in a week. Okay, okay. So, so Emma, I'm trusting, are you registered to vote already? Yes, ma'am. And uh, Hannah and Hunter, are you allowed, you're, um, it's arranged for you to register in advance of turning 18 and then it becomes effective once you're 18? Is that, that's what uh, your civic classes arrange or that's not happening? No. No? Um, well, I know that the high school youth action team, they do a drive for voters, um, for high school voters, and that's an easy way for us to sign up, but I'm not quite sure. That um, might be a, a mini project for you, Hanover at Woodbridge, is to set that up, because I, I, there are so many ready-to-go voters, and it's sort I mean, it's a, it's a way to uh, start getting that idea about that civic responsibility. So so Emma's registered, so I'm not going to find out who's uh, been voting already, but uh, but it's, Hunter, you're just a short time away from doing that. And so how are you, where are you going to register? 
Um, I'm actually not sure. As far as um, r- registering to vote, um, since this year wasn't a major election year, I didn't I didn't really um, decide to look into that. But I'm definitely starting next week. I'm going to be doing some some research as far as uh, registering. So maybe you can make yourself the poster guy. Uh, uh, you're you're the template that you can use as an example for the rest of the uni high students about to turn eighteen. Will I mean they're all going to turn eighteen eventually. So that might be uh, what you do is what you, how you can lead by that example. So that's a it's a it's a challenge. It's a it's a plug for a. Uh, what you might um, do with that. Well, um, what we're going to do is we'll take a medium-sized break and give everybody a chance to think about what they're going to do with the next questions about the admissions. We'll be back after a station break. Stay with us, won't you, please? Thanks for staying with us, everybody. You're listening to Ask a Leader here today. We have with us the distinguished lineup of the Associated Student Body Presidents, Hunter Kraft. He's from University High School. Hannah O'Connor is from Woodbridge High School. And Emma Kensington, homeschooling it, carrying the load her own uh, in Newport Beach and contributing vigorously to the Environmental Nature Center in her leadership capacity. Also in the Studio A, because I don't have enough barnyard heating principle going on, is Faisal Chabani. Chabani, is that correct? Oh, yeah. All right. And he is an intern with the training program. It's only eight weeks. At, we do it every single quarter here at KUCI. And students, staff, faculty, and administrators, Chancellor Drake, this is your chance to take another project on uh, that we have um, going on quarter to quarter. So everybody who thinks they want to be in Faisal's place, then a step up. So, Faisal, are you learning anything in your interning on live programs? Uh, in our in our interns about live like programs. Right, like right now? Oh, right now? Oh, my, my mind is blown right now. I'm trying to take it all in. I mean, not only do we have this, this rich content coming from our, our student leaders, but we also have, I also have, I also am watching, you know, you control the channels and yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely getting some insight into how to, how to work this radio thing. Well, we usually have more mics and fewer people, so this is a, this is an extra added pleasure of, of heating it all up. So I'm, I'm glad you're uh, here and wish you well. I know you want to do a public affairs show, and you've got a trio. There's three of you that are going to apply for a show, I guess, and you'll be doing some some health science-related material to start in a, some kind of a contest. So uh, once you get all the clearance on that format for the, the contest, then... Uh, fire away i think um so we're all here and we're here we're here for Faisal, and we're here for listeners who think i want a radio show and my one bit of advice everybody's do not wait as long as i did to just take one up i only waited i don't know how many decades before so that welcome back everybody to the show so what we're going to do now is make sure we've all covered the projects that everybody uh as undertaking, is there any other project that somebody wanted to mention uh, in uh, engaging their respective publics to um, be active at the high schools and the organizations? We've covered that already. Okay, I'm getting the nod there. So what we'll do is move into that very uh, unwieldy, sometimes prickly topic of admissions. Um, I've noticed some of you may have also read this morning in the Los Angeles Times, that the uh, the numbers are down with 
with this cohort, but that that's not the only picture. I think they failed to mention what was meant covered earlier uh, in this week as the number of students that the Saudi government is sending because they just don't have the educational infrastructure to train the uh, professional class. The uh, There's a large Chinese, Korean, uh, Indian population that are coming. And so it's a daunting pool, actually, uh, against which you're competing for the proper school. So why don't I, I let's start with Emma, who can talk to the process of looking at the schools, looking at a good fit, looking at what kind of programs you're interested in, and looking at um, how you want to take on the prompt. So let's start with the kind of schools and what kind of topics you're interested in and step subjects you're interested in. Well, I'm interested in studying art history and so I took that upon myself to find a school that would be fitting for that. Um, I actually started my search abroad, so I was looking at going overseas to the UK for school, and then I realized I wasn't quite ready for that leap yet, so I decided to stay local for next year. Um, however, as this process has been going on, it's been a, a roller coaster ride. Uh, you have the SAT to prep for. You have you have co- to look for colleges that can support what you want to study. You have to look at the campus if you feel like you'll be comfortable there. There's so many different aspects to look at and if you're going to enjoy it. I mean, that's the main part. So um, that's kind of what I've been going through is just prepping for the SAT, trying to do my best, and... Really, it's a self-reflection if you look at it that way, because each essay prompt you look at, you have to look at yourself. So, how does that exercise sit with you? That those prompts is it um, that that exercise of reflection? How is that for you, Emma? It's it's a process because you have to you know go within and kind of see your honest opinion about yourself. Is it something that you're you're glad actually to have that opportunity or is yeah. it all about the pressure? Yeah, because I feel like this time in a student's life is about individuating from your family or from whatever else might be upon you. And, you know, it's it's a good thing to kind of reflect on who you might be. It's about figuring out who you are, where you want to go. Okay. Hannah, what uh, there's there's lots we're talking about that we'll keep moving around with those factors because there's so many to play. What have you uh, been looking at in terms of those the the subject and the school kind of fit and um, what you want to say about yourself in your admissions um, paperwork? Well, I want to find a campus that um, gives you the full experience, and obviously academics are very important. But I also want a place where I'm going to grow as a person and the experiences I'm going to take away from a culture, like um, the culture on campus, that's going to help me thrive. Um, I've been looking at schools such as like University of Washington in Oregon. And I think the hardest part during this process is just dealing with um, comparing yourself to others. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just the pressure of the you want to go to that prestigious school. But at the same time, once you look into it, are you really going to be happy there? Are you going for the right reasons? So I've finally taken it like I've no longer been comparing myself like my best friend is going to Cornell. So that's always hard to compare yourself to someone who's Mm -hmm. so successful. But then I just stop and think I wouldn't be happy somewhere going for the wrong reasons. So I think that's the biggest is just um, coming to terms with it yourself and accepting that you're going to be there for four years or possibly five um, by yourself. So you got to do what's going to make you happy and make sure that that's what you want. 
And how about that exercise of the reflective prompts to uh, the essays? Um, what is that for you? Um, I find it kind of difficult, especially when you want to go to a school so much. It's just hard because you have one chance, like one essay or sometimes two of the supplements, to prove yourself. And it's hard to get your whole self across, and especially when they don't offer interviews. Um, it's so much pressure on this one piece. Sometimes I have to like throw away the first draft because you're like, that's not me at all. I'm trying to do Oh, everybody throws away the first oh. draft. I mean, well, that's, that's life. Or- life is a full <laughs> set of drafts tossed. But it's tough when you like put so much into an essay, then you read it, and you're sometimes you feel like you're catering to what they want to hear rather than what I am. So, so the authentic with the capital A and yes. italicized the rest of the the letters there uh, may be the ticket. Hunter, all of those questions about what subject you want to pursue with the the fit, the right fit for schools, and I'll, I'll follow it up with that reflective piece after you've answered some of that. So as far as um, area of study goes, um, I have a lot of different academic interests um, as far as like um, I really enjoy, I definitely enjoyed um, just like I'm an art history. Um, I also enjoy math and um, uh, biology. So I, I definitely, I don't know exactly what I want to be studying. So, um, but that was also an important consideration because I wanted to um, look at schools that allowed me to transfer between programs um, easily. Um, so like less impacted majors in case I wanted to do something um, like engineering that is traditionally impacted at a lot of schools. So um, that definitely played a large role wow, in my... you're thinking way ahead. Yes, that, that played a large role in um, sort of what what I was going to look for in a in a college. But when you say impacted, does that mean that how much funding they're getting or there's the other side of it of whether it, what how it equips you and what kind of a network that it sets you up for? I guess there's so many dimensions. Uh, yeah, I guess there's a lot of dimensions to these programs. But I, I guess what I meant was um, some of some programs you have to apply for um, entering your freshman year and then you sort of are locked into them and it's hard to uh-huh. in um, enter coming as like a second or third year um, college student. And I guess in some cases, like San Luis Obispo, it's a competitive school to be admitted into as before the freshman year. So it's really um, you're, that's that's a very structured kind of uh, process leading into even uh, getting admissions there. Well, um, for those of you who've just joined us, you're listening to Ask a Leader on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Streaming all over the globe on the web at KUCI.org. My guests are Hannah O'Connor from Woodbridge High School. She's the Associate Student Body President. Hunter Kraft from University High School, also the ASB President. And Emma Kensington, homeschooling herself there in Newport Beach. So I'd like to to bring up, when we're talking about doing this school shopping, I, I don't know how many of you have made a resource of that UC System School that's just within like a, a, a walking commute practically of where all of you live. Uh, each one of you, tell me what kind of resource that UCI has been in your admissions consideration. Let's start with Emma. Putting you on the spot, but, I, but I'm sort of well, amazed at my neighbors <laughs> who live adjacent to this campus. I'm not sure how many of the offspring actually go down. I mean, they used to play on the chalkboard. Mine did when they were young. We walk around, but there's there's every class that somebody could walk in on or a, a, an, a, an activity, an event that's planned for the public. And I, so I'd like to know how the three of you have 
made taken advantage of that kind of uh, nearby school, uh, university experience. Emma, Kensington? Well, I a couple weeks ago, I took the SAT here. That was a lovely experience. Because That's nothing but high school students in that room, though. But the proctor. <laughs> yeah, the proctor was fabulous. Uh, <laughs> no, she had candy for us, so that made my day. But um, I just, I was able to kind of sit in the classroom or lecture room and kind of imagine as if I was in a class getting, you know, that education that I would want from this school. So I kind of was able to put myself in that situation like, oh, this is what it would be like if I went here. And that was really eye-opening because it kind of changed my perspective of UCI itself and made me more motivated to apply. Okay. How about Hannah O'Connor? Have have you uh, ever made this a resource, UC Irvine? Well, as far as missions go, I don't think I've made it a resource. And I guess coming to regret it now, realizing that a UC is in our city. But I have been um, to UCI many times for soccer games and cross-country running around the park. So so you know the turf, but in, inside, well, there's, it's not too late there. And I guess we'll make this, we'll take this advantage of letting people know that kids, there is a big UC campus in, your, uh, two, in our 200-watt range, so uh, it's not too late to check it out. And we're going to tap Faisal after we hear from Hunter, and we'll find out he's on the other side of this admissions process, so we can say something about that in just a bit. But Hunter, uh, what about your – you probably are in the studio or live the closest. Uh, I know you've had – you've done some summer work, some summer labs uh, some with some neuropsych laboratory stuff, but um, how – what's the full range of your uh, taking advantage of the UC system near school site near, near where you live? Well, so – um, as far as uh, UCI goes, um, I've lived on campus since my parents were actually graduate students here. Um, and so, and then once my dad started working for the university, we um, moved up to University Hills. So um, I've been around UCI professors and um, UCI, the UCI community my whole life. Um, so I think for a lot of kids, because of in my situation, they actually take, uh, sort of take it for granted because they're around it so much. But I didn't want to do that. So um as far as programs that I've been involved with at UCI, there are there are a couple things. So you touched on um, some neuropsych stuff. So um, I had the opportunity. Um, UCI has a program called uh, the Gifted Student Academy, which is actually for like middle school and elementary school students. And so um, they have different courses over the summer that are offered. And I was actually able to TA um, a little bit for one of those courses. And I actually was able to teach um, some stuff on neuroscience um, as far as that goes. And I also had the opportunity two summers ago after my um, 10th year of high school, or no, my 10th year of school, uh, second year of high school, to um, work just a little bit as an intern at the um, Experimental Social Science Laboratory, um, which was a really cool experience seeing um, the live um, experiments that they were doing, um, experimental economics, the, the computer lab that they were using to run those experiments. And so UCI, um, and just being a, a member of the community as far as having all of the UCI faculty professors for neighbors and being able to sort of take advantage and see what they do for a living. So I don't know how much I've done as far as like looking at student culture at UCI, but I definitely have um, been able to examine a lot of uh, what what it's like um, sort of, you know, from the professor's sort of point of view, because that's sort of my community. You've heard it all from all the the the, uh, the subjects represented. Well, Faisal Chabani, he's an intern. He's uh, 
in the KUCI training class this quarter. What uh, You're on the other side of the admissions now. So uh, did you uh, see that the path you took made a lot of sense? You ended up at the school right where you belong? I'm always curious about where that – and I don't know what grade you're in, what, uh, what <laughs> class you're in. Um, well, actually, I just graduated. Um, I, speaking of neuroscience, I graduated with a degree in neuroscience last spring. Okay. So now you've got four years of – of UC system or most of the UC system or what was well, your path? The story is a little more complicated than that. Let's but, hear it. <laughs> but essentially, I, 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 once I graduated high school, I started off at a community college. I wasn't really sure where I would transfer to. I, I was admitted to uh, Cal Poly Pomona as an aerospace engineering major, um, but I figured I wanted to do something in the life sciences or I just wanted to have uh, more opportunities to explore different subjects. So I, I went over to Irvine Valley College, which is... Um, few minutes a few minutes drive from here and I I took a bunch of different science classes I knew I was interested in science and I decided you know I I live so close to UCI I mean why not and you know I applied to to UCLA also I was admitted to UCLA and you know I kind of was faced with it with a tough decision um, between UCLA and UCI of course my parents really wanted me to stay stay at home um, and I'm really glad I did it was probably one of the best decisions I've made in my life because um, you know, at first I thought, oh, well, you know, UCLA is UCLA, but, um, you know, staying at home, I was, I really got a chance to spend more time with my family. I had a supportive environment, so I wasn't as stressed out when I had all these, uh, commitments and exams. Um, and I really got a chance to be more involved. Um, I got to, to be more involved on campus because I lived so close. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just great. So I would encourage, um, you know, Students who are who are going through the admissions process right now to, to not um, to not um, underestimate UCI's potential. I mean, yeah. Go and, ahead. Well, I was going to say, and the difference between UCLA and KU and UCI is that uh, UCI has a has watts. We've got a radio station on on <laughs> the radio waves, and uh, UCLA has been uh, on the internet only for often on the last several years. But I mean, they are in the middle of a lot of the action. But you you've got the radio waves. Uh, now that you've enrolled in the course and that kind of thing. So fine enough. Well, so I uh, mentioned that everybody's competing. It's not your parents' admissions anymore. You're competing with the entire world, and it's not just them opening up their admissions. There are You're competing against students that are um, now there's – I understand from – People in the know that there's there are classes in India where people learn how to to uh, pass AP exams. They learn how to pass all of these standardized other tests. So there there are sort of professional students. It's kind of like how there used to be uh, professional uh, athletes competing against amateurs only in the Olympics years ago. But now we've got we've got sort of the Olympic training of AP students all over the world. So how how much does that figure into what you're trying to do to um, make yourself a, a very compelling candidate for the admissions? Emma Kensington is ready. Uh, from my perspective, I've kind of um, just from going to the Environmental Nature Center frequently, there's a lot of amazing people that work there, including one um, naturalist. Uh, her name's Sama Warren, and she just has inspired me so much with her work. Uh, for education equality, especially over in the Middle East. Um, and she's done a lot of inspiring work there with younger children and establishing education and a schooling system, as well as speaking about, you know, do what you want 
and don't let the government or your your um, your religion set you back from that. And so, um, so when I look at my 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 own process of admissions and the college hunt or whatever, I'm grateful that I'm even able to take the SAT and kind of set foot in that path because there's other kids in the world that are super brilliant and they don't get that chance. So I'm, I'm doing it for them and for myself. Okay. How about Hannah? Did you have some thoughts about that? I'm, are you aware of all this sort of professionalization of the competition for undergraduate admissions? Um, yes. Well, I think that there, it's become, the testing has become so much. It's become like the SAT, a multi-million dollar industry. And I think I just have an issue with that as a whole because um, personally, I have like test anxiety. So um, going into testing is very difficult for me and I don't do as well as I know the knowledge. So um, when colleges focus so much on scores, it's like one day, one test can like a large percentage of um, what they see of you. So I think that it's, I don't know, I I admire the colleges that are looking at a lot more and not focusing as much on standardized test results and the AP test. So um, that's how I see it. I don't know. I just have an issue with focusing so much on one test, especially for those of us out there who struggle with it. I, I hear you loudly and clearly about that. and Not everybody's created equally with that. And I remembered in your, um, in your defense is that uh, the, the vaunted novelist John Irving was lousy at those kinds of standardized tests and uh, we wouldn't have wanted to snuff that talent out with all that he's been able to provide in the way of amazing fiction. Hunter Craft, why don't you tell us uh, what's been on your mind in the same way? So as far as these testing um, and professionalization of the testing goes, um, it's not just countries as you mentioned like um, India, even Irvine is subjected to professionalization of tests. Um, lots of students that I know fork out thousands of dollars to go to summer camps to learn um, you know, what they like to think of as insider tricks on how to take the SAT or the ACT. And um, because of this, I think a lot of scores have been inflated um, past what they would normally be able to achieve on their own. And so um, as a result, I think a lot of um, because there's so many, you know, I think some of the Ivy Leagues and stuff get so many kids with, you know, perfect scores that they have to, they, they end up not not even necessarily take, I think it, it makes the score worth less. And so I think a lot of what uh, the admissions has come down to is extracurriculars and how interesting you come off in your essays. Okay, well, it's a daunting process. I know that uh, you've all given up an hour or more of your time to be on the radio show today. I, I want to wish you all the luck. I'm not saying goodbye because we're, we're going to have some announcements in which some of you will be partaking. So uh, I just wish you all the luck here in putting that together. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Oh. Okay, we're going to stay tuned. I'm going to uh, run some announcements, everybody. I'm so glad you're with us. And uh, we're going to go over what's going on today. Today at 4 p.m., Irvine Mayor Choi will resume the matters taken up two weeks ago. He'll start with the environmental impact report of the development order proposed by Five Point Communities. Or is it Great Park Neighborhoods? Or is it Heritage Fields? Or is it Lennar Homes? The agenda also includes the future of the Great Park. So for all of you process buffs, this is your night tonight. There's something for you legacy builders, too. 
Anyone interested in comparing what you witness with how it's covered in the LA Times, the Orange County Register, the Orange County Weekly, or the Voice of OC contributions? Um, th- well, that's, this is your night too to check your observation versus how the press is covering it. Now, for those inclined to forensic work, you can monitor the dismantling of sane planning and public contributions, as well as monitor how much new data has been submitted minutes, hours, days before this session tonight. Aspiring producers will revel in the many central casting opportunities. Social networkers can make new friends in person. Finally, with the wish to celebrate the 500th birthday of Machiavelli's The Prince, bingo! You can watch several high-profile attempts to approximate the famous Italian's legacy. If you want to speak yourself, make sure to get into the crowded council chamber saying that you need to fill out a public comment card. It's easy. You only get to talk for two minutes, the new limit set by the mayor. It is the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, this session tonight, and it starts earlier than usual. If that seems uncanny, you've gained valuable insight into political thinking and how some jobs get done. The meeting will be long, an excellent time to bring your paperwork with you. For those faculty, you can test papers and grades. Students, you can bring your admissions uh, personal statement and knock off that draft. Uh, You can also bring your uh, Thanksgiving Hanukkah cooking game plans or read those unread sections of the New York Times. Mayor Choi has moved up the schedule starting the council meeting, as I said, at 4 p.m., an hour earlier than usual. For those who cannot come to the chambers, they can follow the proceedings on Cox Channel 33 or streamline the proceedings on the cityofirvine.org, TCTV. Emma Kensington has this announcement from the Environmental Nature Center. Looking for a means to keep your sanity intact as the holiday panic begins to set in around you? Back to Native's 10th annual day after Thanksgiving hike in the Cleveland National Forest offers Buy Nothing Day, an alternative to the shopping frenzy on the day after American Thanksgiving. Celebrate Green Friday instead of Black Friday by spending time with your friends and family. Participants will hike through the chaparral past granite outcrops covered in a colorful lichen. Back to Natives suggests shopping on Small Business Saturday, where you can support your local businesses. More information is available at the Nature Center or at backtonatives.org or by calling 949-645-8489. We're listening to our music bed here. It's Pat Metheny, The Last Train Home. It's a kind of a Thanksgiving romp. I've got a few more announcements to make. Last of all, that is the somber posting Laguna Art Museum and AIDS Services Foundation Orange County will present the Day Without Art, the World's AIDS Day at the Museum on December 1st from 2 to 4 p.m. The event is free and open to the public and reservations are not required. Complimentary refreshments will be served. Well, that's all the time we have today. I want to thank everybody for coming. I'm kind of I'm kind of emotional. Um, it's been great having everybody here, and I don't ever get this way, but I am because there's such talent, and this is the professional class I want to turn over to the generation that's succeeding me. I really, really do. Next week, among other things, I'll be talking with writing team Gail Jabour and Daniel Tigner about their recently published book entitled The Time of Your Life, 
Everyone has a story. And then we'll also hear from veteran activist Robin Leffler about Costa Mesa's latest city council changes with respect to public comments. The theme is getting a little persistent around Orange County. Maybe the media ought to be keeping tabs on that. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah, yeah, the war went on.